Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Special attention to our listeners worldwide, but especially those in Western New York. We are collaborating with Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals to let you all know about Black Restaurant Week 2022. It is taking place June 12th through the 19th this year, right in line with our annual Juneteenth Festival. For more information, please visit blackrestaurantweek716.com. That's blackrestaurantweek716.com. Come to discover and support some of Buffalo's best Black-owned food businesses. I'm excited already. Mm. What's poppin', everybody? This episode, we are jumping into one of, like, legit, I say this every episode, but, like, one of legit, one of my favorites. I enjoyed watching this show so much. (laughs) We are talking about the uh, five seasons running comedy classic, Jamie Foxx show. Here I come, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting started. You know what to do. Bow. <laughs> love me. Oh, I love it. You used Bow. to sing a song every time it came on. <laughs> I did sing it every time it came on as I watched it. <laughs> exactly. Here I come once again. <laughs> you know what? And then in the later seasons when they changed it and then it was a ballad. <laughs> I know. That, that's how, I mean, once they changed it to that one, I was like, it's all right. I still like the first one. The original is always a bop. I'm sorry. It's like, oh, we're growing. <laughs> I know. It's like, look at him getting all mature and shit. Okay, I see you. And I just also would like to apologize to all of the listeners because both uh, myself and Dr. Rosie B are currently <laughs> on the sick and shut-in list and <laughs> battling various illnesses. It uh, sounds terrible. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> having to mute to cough and to mute when the sniffles come. But, you know, we're here and we have a job to do. So, you know, we just want to do this shit and call it a day. <laughs> Make the content anime. All right. Okay. Shoot. Or else. Okay. So with that being said, though, and you mentioned the melodies earlier, this show gave us so many just, just bops, just classic musical performances. What what I really appreciate about this show was how much he was able to showcase his musical talents. And any episode that he had where he was singing, I was just like... I love him. He's just one of the most talented people like ever. And I just appreciate all of, I just appreciated it all. The dearly beloved, the what I wouldn't do for your love. One of my personal favorites, boo, will you marry the kid? (laughs) (laughs) And roaches for the love of Jesus. (laughs) If I'm not at home, Popping bottles. Hey. New York could kill you. And, you know, the infamous. Well, not infamous because it's, it's not an infamy, but, you know, the classic, the wedding song. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just was listening to that one because I just finished watching the last episode today <laughs> before recording. 
And I was like, oh, so sweet. I just don't appreciate how Jamie be doing Uncle Junior sometimes, though. Like, why he had to get him arrested? Hey, look, one of us had to go down, and it wasn't going to be me, okay? okay. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we listed all of those songs, and we haven't even really gotten into quotes yet. Like, that's that's how chock full of this shit. It gave us, it gave so much. <laughs> Listen, it really did. It gave me, it gave me a lot of life, and it, it kind of brought back memories. You, I don't know. Uh, if you've had those moments, and I, I'm sure there's a scientific term that I'm just going to botch this, but where you smell something or you hear something familiar, see something familiar, and it brings up old memories, like things that you like thought you forgot, and it's like you're right back in that place. And that's what the Jamie Foxx show did to me. It was like, oh my God, oh my gosh, I forgot this part of my childhood experience. And it was just so nice to be back in that again. So I'm happy we did this episode. It was nice. Yes, one piece of nostalgia that definitely came back was the hand and the... Bruh! Oh, my conscience, I left it right here. Like, I wish, I wish I had moments like that to do that and like really sincerely mean it without laughing. I don't oh, know I'm going to do it next time we're in person. I'm, oh, I'm going to irk you. Like, don't I hope you know it. that it's coming. Being, on the, <laughs> being on the receiving be end is not fun. <laughs> you stand there, you look like Braxton. Like. <laughs> or you counter irk. Remember when he, ir, 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 ir. I know he did. <laughs> I know, but honestly, Broham, love it. That is my favorite quote. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You always coming in, Broham. Like, get out of here, Braxton. The West Coast Connection came and they were like, Braxton, what are you doing? Throwing up the W's. (laughs) 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 He was so proud to be his whack self, but it was also just like he did it so well. And now that if I ever see him in other movies, it's like you're always gonna be back then. Stop it, stop it. Which he absolutely hates. So sidebar is that he is really disheartened by that. He feels like the black community doesn't support him as a serious actor, (gasps) that he has been typecasted, that people do not know his real name, they call him Braxton. Like it really has taken a number on his um own personal well-being. And so Mm. I that you just pointed that out. Ooh, (laughs) and my dad. You're confirming, yes, all of his <laughs> pain. <laughs> but that was such, I loved Braxton, though. It's not like from a place, well, maybe for some people it might be shady. But for me, it was like Braxton was like, aw, he's cute. Annoying. But he was cute. Yeah, Braxton was low key fine. Like, not if you, like, if you yes. muted it and looked at him, like, hey, Braxton, how you Right, doing? I know. <laughs> like, when he opened his mouth, you're like, but hmm. <laughs> uh, he did. He played that role really well. I'm so sorry he was uh, typecasted. That that sucks. Mm-hmm. Aww. On Mail. a brighter note, um, one <laughs> quote, another quote <laughs> <laughs> that I have used in my own personal life, especially during, as I've spoken before, my experiences working at Target when I was employee of the month. I went around the entire <laughs> store singing because I'm employee of the month. 
Why? Because I'm employee of the month. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. I didn't get a picture though. I, I wow. wish I would have got a picture on the wall. That, that would have that would have put it over the top. I should have got my own damn picture like Jamie did. I wasn't damn thinking. Right. You wasn't. It's okay. But we also Target was it. not paying me enough. So okay. I'd have had to steal and develop it in our own photo center, ooh, ooh, um, which which might have kept me from being employee ooh. of the month. <laughs> 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 oh, well, I mean, it's never too late to make it yourself. You know, we can actually make a shirt with Courtney's face, employee of the month. And like, there should be like three different ends. Because I'm employee of the mom. <laughs> O's and N's. Yeah, that's what we need. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll make it happen. All right. Make, make it happen. On right. this t-shirt line that we have. <laughs> we just keep coming up with these ideas. It's coming. It's coming. Spring 20, you know. 30. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be when the collection drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of... Um, Mr. Hot in a Brick. I just love <laughs> what Gloria would say that. <laughs> Mr. Hot in a Brick. And you do look handsome in your tuxedo, Mr. Hot in a Brick. <laughs> <laughs> she was funny. I mean, she was honestly one of the best characters to come out. I'm mad she wasn't here all along. <laughs> she was mad extra, too. Well, what's the rush? The sailors return to port? <laughs> And I want to get down there before your mama does. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, before we had Gloria, we had Dennis with, uh, you know, his uh, slight pie addiction. And don't look at me like that, Jamie. I'm just trying to get my pie on. <laughs> Ooh, is that is that a diagnosis? It pie is. Addiction? I definitely diagnosed him with other substance use disorders, specifically <gasps> pie. Ooh. Um, severe but in sustained remission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. He tried to sell the VCR out of the hotel with the tape still in it. I agree. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. When you put it like that, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What really makes this a challenge at times too is like you really have to take the comedy from it. And then really see it for what it is. And it's like, but that's kind of funny. Like, who Okay, but you've never been in session. You've never been in session and a client been telling you a story. And it's funny. As hell. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. And then you have to like try to go on and like point out the, the different things without laughing at the situation. It's, it's hard it work. It's hard. It's it hard is work. hard. <laughs> it is. It is. And then, and there's almost like when I I get caught up as a clinician, like, damn, you know, you handle that better than me. <laughs> damn, you did that. You said that. Wow. I don't know. If I could. So when cool. I'm always like, have you celebrated how you, how that that small success right there? Okay, because yes. like- <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I've learned something here today. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's look at how you handled that situation. Now, how would you have handled that in the past? Like, it's it's you know, clients are so resourceful. They <laughs> are, and just always know, friends, you don't have to fix nobody. That is not our purpose here. It's not to fix anybody. I have to remind people 
we can do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I often tell my clients, you about to be mad at me because I'm not going to tell you what to do. Okay. Shit. So what I pay you for? Mm. <laughs> well, I have the privilege of currently working at an agency where they uh, are not paying. So Ooh, you, you get what you pay for. Like I, I, I'm waiting for the moment someone to say <laughs> that. Say what do I pay for? <laughs> you I've get never, what you pay for. <laughs> I've never had someone say, what do I pay you for? Thankfully, and I'm not going to hope you right? never hear that because <laughs> right, I don't even know how I would act. Like, excuse me, <laughs> you pay me to listen to you uh, non judgmentally and to, to give you unconditional positive regard. That's what I'm here for. As a clinician, I would like to point out an area of concern that I got from the Jamie Foxx show. I was slightly um, taken aback by how many times that uh, Jamie directed someone to commit suicide. He often said, kill yourself, choke yourself. Yes. I want you to go to the top of the building. I want you to jump off. Like, <laughs> yeah. there was lots of directives towards suicidal behavior. And, you know, just a little concerning mm-hmm. for me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a multi multicultural humble counselor, there were many instances where racism <laughs> and stereotypes <laughs> were really profoundly enacted in this episode, in these episodes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Was it? Is his name Esteban? The one where he where he had his hair out for the pool party? Oh, so you dance, you dance, we dance, you dance, 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 dance. It was like Enrique Esteban, uh, Ricardo, Luis, Melendez, Rodrigo, or when he tries to dress up with some something or another with the teeth. And the head wrap, and he came in. Oh, when he for, was the for fancy. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. <laughs> I was like, no, this is unacceptable. <laughs> but it was funny. Ah, it was back then. Now it is, it kind of is, but I'm also was like, ah, this is not okay. Oh, yeah, man. that one was a cheap one, though. I feel like they could have did better with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah the one that I liked his character was uh, that he did Ted Koppel. Mm-mm. The news anchor. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my you better gosh. trick yourself before you wreck yourself. You heard? Uh, do you have any newscaster in you? Uh, actually, no, I don't. Well, would you like some? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that wig was so ugly. <laughs> Not the wig. <laughs> the wig always got me, child. I was like, ew. <laughs> yes. At this time, what year did this one come out? 1996 was when the show originally started and then it ran for five seasons. Okay. And so did you run across anything as far as it kind of like overlapping with Martin? I think it can't necessarily overlap with Martin in that and how they do the dressing and dress up and stuff like that, maybe. But Jamie was just so talented. He he had a, another layer in his show. It's it's just it's different. But then we also have to remember Jamie had those years of in living color and constantly oh, yeah. doing those skits and doing characters and doing yeah. Wanda and all yes. of those different things. Yes. So he <laughs> he had a good training ground and all of that yeah. under his belt before he got the show. So right. he was already ready to go 
hit the ground running as soon as the show came out. And you can see that even from the first episodes of the show, you know how like a lot of shows, they take a little time to get to really find mm -hmm. their groove. The mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx show out the gate is out the gate was hilarious. A gym. <laughs> yes, it was. It wasn't awkward. And at times it was so cool. I don't know, maybe because I'm a nerd when he would walk out on set and everybody going crazy. And he's like, <laughs> OK, wait, stop it. I got to get my line right. <laughs> and you can see all of them kind of do that whenever whenever they would come out, the crowd would go crazy. I miss live audience. Do we even have them anymore? Is that a thing? Well, it Is won't be with COVID. Okay. Oh, stupid ass COVID. <laughs> we thank her for being here because she allowed this to be birth, I suppose. The only thing COVID, that whole COVID gave us was Zoom. Uh, and it gave us the DSM podcast. We'd have got that anyway. The, 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 the God put this idea here, not COVID, child. Didn't give credit where credit is due to the most high, not to this evil. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Because damn COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? COVID. <laughs> COVID. Oh, ooh. Ah. <laughs> I'm have to wipe off my bike after this. <laughs> Miles away, I'm still blowing up my mic. Get, get that out of here. <laughs> <Anywho. Okay. laughs> uh, I still have quotes. <laughs> okay, so let's go through those quotes. Let's go through quotes. And so I don't know if you if it's the quote is as effective if you can't see it, but whenever JB would be offended and he would be like, you know what? Maybe I should just roll. And he should be his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he was so dramatic. All of his body, like, roll. Get out of here. Go. Goodbye. And then my last one is just because I'm a doofus and I just like the way um, when he had the imaginary girl that he was talking to, Sheila. And every time he would, Sheila would call, hey, Sheila. When he said Sheila. Wait, wait hey, a Sheila. second. Wait a second. That was his imaginary girl? Not imaginary girl. Like she was like really supposed to be his girl. It's just we never saw Sheila. Did we ever see Sheila? Did Sheila Big ever facts. come? Big Sheila facts. was always Sheila. on the phone, but I don't, I don't know if we saw Sheila. They Somebody tell me if I'm wrong it. in the comments, but I don't think you're wrong. I just know they were <laughs> supposed to go skiing at one time and he canceled on her. And, and then when Christmas was repeating over and over, he was yeah. on the phone with Sheila. Oh, yeah, that's the same episode. I'm tripping. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. No, we've never seen Sheila. I wonder how she would feel about him and Fancy getting together. Or was Sheila just there to make Fancy jealous, but it didn't work until he actually got with his with her best friend. <gasps> mm, I don't know. I think maybe you know Sheila was just a friend. Like there wasn't no expectations. We just kicking it. You know, Jamie's cool. He's a good time. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't see Sheila taking Jamie seriously because mm -hmm. he canceled on her so many times. I mean, I mean, but eventually it's just yeah. okay, Jamie. When you come, you come. That's All true. right, Sheila. All right, Sheila. <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> All right, I get it. <laughs> okay, so we've already diagnosed Dennis with mm -hmm. um, his substance abuse uh, of pie. Poor Dennis. Poor Dennis. You know <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. As we continue to get other uh, Kings Tower employees, we got Gloria. We talked about um, 
her enunciation of Mr. Hotnabrick. And so with that, I diagnosed her with an unspecified communication disorder. <laughs> oh, 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 you know you're wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> Explain. Explaining. This category applies Explaining. to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of communication disorder that can clinically that can cause clinically significant distress or impairment. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's too harsh because it didn't cause any impairment in her social or her occupational functioning. So I guess, yeah. no, I take it back. I take it back. But we, uh, <laughs> if she doesn't see it as a problem, I don't see it as a problem. But um, if she does, she might need to, you know, see a little speech pathologist to figure out why some H's are so hard. You know, I think she did it on purpose just to be annoying. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, because I've been there and just pronouncing stuff real wrong. Like we have a, a street here. I don't even know how to say it correctly to even show you how wrong it is. But I <laughs> it's W-A-B-S-H. And I swear. Wabash. I, Wabash. Wabash. I, I say Wabash. And everybody be like, it's wrong. It's Wabash. Mm. It's Wabash. Okay. Wabash. I like Wabash better. So I just say Wabash. <laughs> <laughs> I really make people angry when I say it too. When that's from here. Because they like, that's not the name of the street. But yeah. Wabash. You about to Wabash yourself. Not anyway. Wabash yourself. <laughs> but Braxton was making fun of Gloria's accent. Like, I don't want to confuse her hard pronunci- pronunciation of her H's with her accent because I do feel like they are two separate, completely separate things. Like, when she was like, don't look at my booty. And Braxton was like, please, you don't have any booty. <laughs> I think that was accent, but I think the hot in the brig was, maybe you're right. Maybe it was a, a an intended, <laughs> intended, Verbal, uh, <laughs> I do. She, she, she knows you do it, right? Because it was only at him. So that's that's it. She had Brexton Lexia. Brexton Lexia, yes, yes. I think that sounds about right. <laughs> we could give her a V code, unspecified problem related to social environment. <laughs> that could be it. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, give her... Uh, actually, she's not coming to see us because it's not causing her no impairment. So we ain't got to diagnose her. We just throwing that out there. <laughs> Good. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking in our uh, made-up DSM that we're creating, uh-huh. this, you know, the, 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 the you know, DSM 5 TR, yeah, has come out, but you know, that's not the DSM podcast DSM. So, you know, whatever. But in the DSM that we're going to create, in a whole different category, we can put Gold Digger. <gasps> I think it's an obsessive compulsive related disorder. You think so? Do you see how Sharice was motivated by money? <laughs> The gold digger. Oh, she had a digging mentality. Digging up them holes, digging. Mm. <laughs> Child had Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe. And then oh. we're still chasing after trying to get K- uh, Fancy to go with her with Casey and JoJo. We could just stay a little while. 
Ooh. So I had several issues with this particular stereotype. <laughs> oh, what do they call it? Caricature, whatever. Um, just adding to that black women just want men for their money narrative. And it was just like, roll I roll my eyes now, but back then, yes, some of what she was doing and saying was funny. But then mm-hmm. it was just like this just adds to the reason why people feel it's okay to assume that black women just want men for their money. Although we're the highest educated. (laughs) I don't know if we're the highest paid, but we are the highest educated in the U.S. Gold digging is not um, more prevalent in the, there's no research behind this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. It's not more prevalent in the African-American community than it is in any other community. I saw that Mm -hmm. more as in, in L.A., like not even LA as a Hollywood Ooh, trope, as a Halloween, as opposed okay. to a okay. black woman trope. All right, okay, okay, all right, all right, okay. I see your back. Right. <laughs> yes, okay. Right. I apologize to our LA listeners. I know I be giving it to y'all hard, but it's this is what y'all yeah. be giving us to work with. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Hollywood doesn't really give you Hollywood a good rap. I mean. <laughs> You would think they would make themselves to look better. <laughs> but they but don't. They don't. They really don't. And I definitely felt like Sharice was a product of Hollywood more so than I did attribute so, her gold diggerisms to anything else of her uh, character. So what made Jamie any different? Because he was always having his palm out asking, he was taking $20 from his little league basketball team. The more that we talk about Jamie, the more we might come to we a diagnosis. We might save him for last. Okay. I'm <laughs> the okay more that we that. talk, I'm like, hmm, Jamie. <laughs> and he was cheap. He was cheap. Very cheap. He was very cheap. He was very poor. But it all again, people coming from other places to try to pursue their dream in mm-hmm. Hollywood. A lot of them don't have the careers that they uh, fashion themselves or try to present themselves to have and mm-hmm. are working menial jobs in order to support their aspirations and why they came to Hollywood in the first place. And so he didn't have it and he was in a very much so fake it till you make it type um, mm-hmm. place in his life. But I feel like, again, that's a lot of people in Hollywood. I feel like the only time it became an issue for him, or at least what was made um, obvious to us as an audience, was when Fancy's little friends was talking about how, oh, all these wannabe uh, um, actors or slash singers slash waiters slash living in a slash slash. Yeah, right. And so um, it was just like, that was the only time where you're reminded again. Well, not, okay, maybe not the only time. But that was the time where I was reminded where it's like, Jamie wasn't necessarily meant to work just at the hotel. He was there to actually pursue a career in singing. Which He's going to be a movie star, remember? Right. I, I mean, what I saw, and I, I hate to always go to narcissistic personality disorder, especially for main characters. Like, it's like, Damn, does Hollywood write all of their main characters to be narcissists? See, I didn't think narcissism. I thought histrionic. Well, I thought narcissist because anytime there was a celebrity or someone that he felt that he should be acquainted with, like he would, you know, introduce himself, buddy, buddy, you know, even go as far as to introduce him to uh, Uncle Junior and Aunt Helen, you know. But I attribute that to thinking that relationships are more intimate than they actually are. 
Ooh, ooh, I think you might be right. Okay, let's put a pause. Let's put a pause. Yes, yeah, see, I told you I saved him for last. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to mention the one thing that did that reminded me um, and kind of goes along with what you're talking about is where his sister came um, to yes. visit. And she was like, hey, you just mad at me because I've been out here a weekend and I'm already popping and you've been out here two years and all you did was get fired from Casey and Jeff Jeff. Damn, she did. She was such a, oh my God. <laughs> she was so mean to him. <laughs> and, but he was I, treating her like a little kid. He was treating her like a little kid, I will admit it. And then I couldn't help but think about her in Players Club. And I was like, she is Same. so good. Same. <laughs> like, there's no difference between the two characters. They just plopped one into the, into the show. Hey, Ebony, but that hey. was sarcastic call. <laughs> I still you was writing the movie. It was like, you know what? <laughs> right there. Right here. Cause she that ignorant and young acting. Let's let's put her in here and let her play that role. But she did good. She did good. But yes, that's another example of that. But um you brought up two very important characters in the show who we would be remiss without mentioning. Uh Aunt Helen and Uncle Junior, the owners, the proprietors <sighs> of the King's Tower. I love them. I wish they was my aunt uncle. Me too. <laughs> Wait, whole time, did they not have kids of their own? They did not. Aunt Helen was unable to have kids. And there was the one episode where the girl came and thought that Uncle Junior was her dad. And it really upset um, Aunt Helen because she was like, this lady who you don't even care about gave you the one thing that I couldn't give you. And she was really upset. But then it turns out that wasn't her daddy. So it was okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what happened. So is that why they t- had like such a such a love or like desire to help Jamie because of that? Mm-hmm. And they were uh, helping raise Jamie when he was younger because his mom, who is a singer, a professional singer, was often on the road touring. And so Jamie would come and stay with Aunt Helen and Uncle Junior yeah. a lot. And so they helped raise him when he was younger. Yeah. You know what was funny, too? I realized Jamie Foxx's mother changed. For a brief second. <laughs> she changed, but did she change back? <laughs> I was like, but in the wedding, the last episode, it's Gladys, it's Gladys Knight, right? So it was Gladys Knight, and then it was Joe Marie Payton, and then yes. it was Gladys Knight again. Oh. Well, I guess Gladys couldn't make it to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we needed to have Gerald Levert as his stepdaddy, so they said, well, we just Baby. hey, Joe Marie, oh. you busy? <laughs> Listen, I was like, y'all better sing together. Oh, glass up wine, spending time. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even care about the the what's her name? The one who was singing a little at uh a little verse. I didn't care about her verse. His mom. <laughs> the substitute mom. <laughs> rude. I'm rude. I will yeah. push you, girl. I let you make your own mind up. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, y'all better have that little 90s flow in there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of um, Aunt Helen and Uncle Junior, I more so, well, for Aunt Helen, I really only had the acute stress disorder that she experienced after she was mugged and with the V code of victim of a crime. Because there was the time where she did not want to leave the hotel. She was trying to completely avoid anything resembling that situation. She had Mm -hmm. held herself up. They tried to get her a therapist, but that's 
see this is a good example, guys, of why you should, um, you know, meet your therapist prior. Make sure everything's on the up and up. It's a good fit. They are, uh, you know, ready to handle what it is that you have because they were not a good fit for each other. And this uh, particular therapist <laughs> needed to have some own therapy of her own, get her mm. own supervision because she became the client and Aunt Helen was... Um, listening mm. to her problems which is never a good thing it should not be about you as a therapist in counseling sessions never. <laughs> ever, I teach, ever i teach beginning counseling skills course and i really need to use one of that episode to really hone in on why you need to have a therapist of your own one but then two is like this is when um disclosure self-disclosure has gone too far Mm. When you end up being the cat, the client on the couch. So I felt like that was a, a lot of self-disclosure to the point where you had to become the client. To the therapist's credit, she did try to um, refocus and try to put it back uh, towards I had like, let's not talk yeah. about, you know, mama like that is not, you know, relevant. But for clients who are not ready to address their own issues, if they mm -hmm. do see an area where they can avoid the situation that they're trying to and you give oh, that yes. opening they will take oh, it yes. and so there are as a clinician you have to be skilled in reframe like what is it about um what is it that calling out is there something that you're trying to avoid by continuing to ask me these questions or how mm -hmm. would knowing that be beneficial to you in this situation mm -hmm. just continuing to bounce that back towards the client because uh, this therapist just gave up and was like well <laughs> Let me kick up, kick my feet out, let you know this. And fancy, I'm a lesbian. Here's my number. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that those are all boundary crosses, self disclosure, transference, counter transference. You name it. That that was all. That was all there. Don't do that, friends. If you're in the, in the <laughs> helping profession. <laughs> And then uh, we, I guess we slide along to Uncle Junior, who I diagnosed with a uh, gambling disorder, persistent and moderate. <laughs> oh my level. goodness. No, I thought you would like, die. is there a V code for being cheap? I don't even know if there's a V code for being cheap. But that so was the V code him. that I did give him, uh, well, the cheapness goes along to his gambling disorder. He was not oh, trying to spend money, but he would be more than willing to use other those monies that he did have towards the horse track. And so he was very keen on gambling and not spending money in other areas so that he had money to gamble with. Mm. The V code I did give him, though... <laughs> Did you give him this code with No, I gave him V62.5 problems related to other legal circumstances with him being in the witness protection program. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jenny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I suppose I would say a discord with neighbor larger larger. Uh, or landlord, because he always was messing up the damn hotel with the wiring. Set the whole because he was being fire. cheap because he didn't want to spend money because he was gambling it. Oh Jesus, he sure was. And then there's hints to maybe a mild alcohol use disorder and maybe you a remission, so? but I don't. They they spoke about it a couple times, but I didn't necessarily see it. 
So mm-hmm. it was it was reported by family, but it's not something that we have information mm-hmm. towards. I don't know if I of. wanted to diagnose him with a gambling. Oh, I have. It's I, mm, I shall not be moved. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. <laughs> we got so, I wanted to ask just what what are, what were your um thoughts, clinical opinions of Silas, Fancy's boyfriend and fiance at one point in time? Oh, he a narcissist. All them doctors are, you know what I'm saying? Um, no, I wouldn't say okay, maybe he's not a narcissist. My thoughts, especially with that episode of her calling him out about always being available, like for his job. And, and that was actually the same episode where um, Jamie and Sharice were, is it Sharice? Sharice mm-hmm. yep. were hooking up and Fancy was getting a little tad bit jealous. Tad bit green with envy. Oh, she was green with envy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like he, he really did put his job first, you know, he was like, but I'm a doctor. He said it several times. I'm a doctor and you know, with it, you know, I have to, you know, leave or do what I need to do for the job. And so. I definitely agree with you. I think that that became almost an identity issue yes. is that he viewed himself as, as, as in his professional role as a doctor before anything else. Exactly. And that fancy couldn't come to terms with that because that wasn't the highest priority that she placed on his self-worth. And so maybe right. she saw more of him as an individual that he was able to see as himself. And that was what yes. was causing a lot of the conflict in their relationship. Right. And then after a while, you can't just continue to just show up. Like she said, with with flowers and expect everything to be fine and you just go off it go running off as soon as your beeper goes off you know what i'm saying and but also do think- you feel like that's a realistic expectation of a girlfriend for someone who is an on-call wasn't he a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon heart surgeon oh, i think heart surgeon yeah but like the- i'm not sure but either way if that's the responsibilities of his job and you uh prided the perks of his uh that came with it the wealth and the different things that came the status that came with him being a doctor and being a surgeon Mm -hmm. is it is it unrealistic or unfair for fancy to then demand make those kind of demands when she knew and what it was like i'm a i'm a surgeon that's why that's part of why you liked me so now you're trying to say don't do that well well that's the problem is that she he had time to court her and to get her attention but now y'all have time to continue to do that at least give me a little bit what i what i have but if now all of a sudden it's this complete switch from your availability like where i saw you maybe once or twice a week to not seeing you at all you keep standing me up you see me once twice but it's with these flowers and my apologies (laughs) right like Out, but now you know we're spending the time differently. I'm begging that now, <laughs> right? So, yeah, that, corny. Shit, that gets corny, it gets corny. Like, at least try to take me to lunch, you know what I'm saying, or breakfast, do something. But now you're just showing up with these flowers to make up for it. No, because the flowers wasn't what got me interested in you in the first place. Yes, it so, was. huh? <laughs> it was. I feel sure. like I feel like Fancy had a little gold digger in her, too. I feel like she eventually. I feel like she eventually grew out of it, but 
I mean, birds of a feather. Mm. Huh. Flock and fly. (laughs) (laughs) She was freaking frat. So, (laughs) yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, is she wrong? No. Is she completely wrong? No. But is uh, the way she went about it and trying to address it the right way? By going on Change Your Heart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, that's not cool. No, Fancy, you don't do that. But I think she's setting awesome. him up on a date with Kenya Moore. And I was happy that he did go on a date with whatever Kenya Moore character name was because uh-huh. she that young lady had an understanding of what that role was. And mm-hmm. do I want the perks of dating a surgeon? Yes. So I also need to know the pitfalls that come along with it. Understanding the balance of it. I'm interested in what you do. I want to go watch you perform your surgery. I want to mm-hmm. help scrub you in because I think that's cute. Like it was a better balance and he was able to see like, <laughs> this is someone who supports what I do and is actually interested and likes the things that I do and understands that there are demands of it without feeling slighted they are like oh let me come with you boo mm-hmm. no i'd love to trash heart surgery all that trash <laughs> does he need a better uh balanced view yes. of self identity yes he does however he, it's yes. also in, beneficial for him to date someone who is more accepting of the lifestyle that he has chosen for himself listen i want somebody to be accepting of my lifestyle and and I was about to say something ignorant. They're not stupid. <laughs> I was about I to mean, say my lifestyle. I was about to say my lifestyle being a stripper. Okay, so then you date people who would be okay with you being a stripper. There's nothing wrong. That's a profession. So you have to date someone who is, oh, maybe that person also works nights. So then y'all are on the same sleep schedule. Like it's That's the problem. You don't want to date somebody that's in the same profession, which is why he wasn't dating I didn't dating say they had to be in the same profession. I well, just said sleep same. schedule. <laughs> or within the same, you know. The like, one who supports and compliments so that you guys is, can compliment each other. But we're and always attracted to the opposite. We're always attracted. And so if, if it's he the conflict. Really, right. So like if he really wanted to have someone really support and understand him, then he would have gotten with a nurse or with someone within the hospital setting who can who he can have go in on, in the closet, the linen closet. You know how they do on Grey's Anatomy? Girl, you know? That's nasty, one. So I mean, I'm glad he didn't how, do that. That's how he did it. Mm, 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 yeah. Bang, 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 ski, ski, ski. And the clean linen closet? You don't want to do it in a dirty linen closet because then you got sick you know, on the mm. sheets, but Ooh. you also Ooh. don't want to do it in the clean sheets people need sterile sheets either way i just didn't feel like (laughs) fancy and silas were uh, a good fit and i did feel like they both had unrealistic expectations whereas fancy Mm. kind of was telling silas what she wanted and what she felt Mm. like she needed and he continued to try to assure her that he could provide that when he knew that he couldn't and so i feel like they both were just having unfair expectations of the of the other and Mm. that is what resulted ultimately in their breakup on top of you know jamie hating and dressing up like Ichabod, Wabash. Matter of fact, that might have been his name. He might have dressed up as Wabash. <laughs> no, it was Tarbash. He dressed up as Tarbash. That's and, right. You know, ruined their engagement. <laughs> Wait, Stefan. 
Tarbash <laughs> or Stephen Tarbash. That's what it was. It was like, what? How you lose all that accent and then come back with Tarbash? <laughs> I don't, and that was the thing. I don't think Casey even wanted to be married to him. I think she just said it, you know, because it's like, all right, well, here's this opportunity. I'm just going to take it. She wanted on, the status man. and she wanted the not, she didn't want to be single, it felt like. It. Yeah. She definitely struck me as the I need to be married by a certain age type of thinking. And she was going to settle for somebody who she wasn't even really happy with just because they made a certain amount of money. They could provide for her financially. She He was fine. Um, in a very pretty boy kind of way. I don't like pretty boy. So like he was a... You know, he was not cute. And he danced like a stripper. Remember, he danced like a stripper. Remember he danced like was, a stripper. He <laughs> danced like a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> when they were stuck in the, in the, the cottage, and they was like, we got to dance and stay alive. And he was like, oh, Chippendale. Hey. I was like, ew, ew. Yeah. I don't want my man to dance like that. He was ready. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't front because when Jamie jumped out that cake it was Juicy Baby. Jamie I mm. liked it <laughs> I love me some Jamie Foxx y'all I can't even lie I love me some Jamie Foxx <sighs> so okay so but on the Jamie Key mm. I'm starting to think histrionic personality disorder <laughs> Child, because baby, the way he came at Francesca, <laughs> like the theatricality. Oh gosh, the oh, in some ways it was kind of like harassment. <laughs> the sexually provocative speech, Ooh. the shallow emotions, and quickly changing uh, <laughs> rapid expressions. The Ooh. yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, it's so hard. Why, Hollywood? Why? You make it. It's, it's like if you don't want to go with those cheesy, I don't want to say cheesy because narcissism is not cheesy. But <laughs> stereotypical. stereotypical. Like they're like, they're very, people just label those certain behaviors very often. Right. I think people learn Especially. that word and are just using it willy nilly now. Now everyone's calling everyone a narcissist. Right. Because we have one person in our, in our, politics not one let's just say the one that we could like say is like the poster child if he if we could put an image in the dsm that we would put the former president trump next there next to it Child, that man's delusional man he might he's all of he's he's several he has several diagnoses he does he does but i think that is anywho. I think there is an over-reliance and over-mislabeling uh, and, and high use of that word when it yeah. always doesn't necessarily fit. And so, yes, sometimes it... But however, it does make for good um, drama. It does make for good TV. And so people do write those type of characters into shows and movies a lot because you need conflict, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, who's better to give you that? Either that or the other one that's commonly diagnosed within the mental health field borderline personality disorder so i you know what i just came up with a theory okay so i think we label men as narcissists and women as borderline we've always over generalized women as being borderline Mm -hmm. but i also feel like we do that for narcissism like you'll see more people more men being diagnosed with narcissism than you would women and so 
there I is wonder. the genetic prevalence that um is that has been researched and written about and them saying that it does present more and one gender than the other it could also be the uh gender role labeling that comes along mm-hmm. with that and that's really the reason mm-hmm. why we're seeing it more in others I also wow. would like to highlight that we I, I feel in my own personal opinion mm-hmm. is that ratchet often gets labeled as borderline when it's not necessary. They're not taking into consideration the context in which the behaviors that they're seeing are present. And so mm-hmm. you might just be hella ghetto and just, uh, yes. you know, in that way. And mm-hmm. that often gets labeled as borderline. I also have seen lots of people who had like, 20 plus years of cocaine use mm. often if you if, if if cocaine was your drug of choice eight times out of ten you can be labeled as borderline cocaine the other drug the show child <laughs> <laughs> but i don't feel that we would see jamie as a client i don't feel like he would feel like there was anything wrong with him to not wrong with him i don't think that he it he felt like it was causing him the impairment that it actually was because his behavior is what got him kicked off the Casey and Jojo tour. It is Mm -hmm. what made um, Uncle King, Uncle King, yeah, Uncle Junior King, yeah, Uncle Junior (laughs) and Helen um, first tried to say, well, we know that this is the career that you want. Maybe you do need Mm -hmm. to start paying for your room. Like it was, it was his histrionic behaviors that were causing the, uh, the issues in his life, but I don't feel that he would see them in that way and so i feel like the only way that we would see jamie as a client would be in couples probably counseling with fancy and i feel like their biggest issues were not even his histrionic personality disorder as much as they were they needed to clarify what their gender own gender roles were in their relationship because jamie being from texas being Mm -hmm. from a more structured um i guess traditionally structured environment especially with helen and uncle junior Mm -hmm. and seeing that relationship uh, as his real like hashtag relationship goes (laughs) he was very traditional in that sense and very um, old school in that way and it seems like Fancy wanted to pick and choose kind of which gender roles that she Mm -hmm. wanted her lifestyle to embody I mean I felt like she was entitled to that right to pick and choose like, yeah, and I think we see that as the at the resolve of the show of him saying, like, I'm not about to follow you. My dreams is out here. I'm the man. I'm supposed to provide. I can't be following no woman. And mm-hmm. then I think, but we see him come to that compromise and we see yeah. him say that I can do music anywhere. I can act any, I can act in yeah. New York. Like that's still, I can still do all of those things out there. And I think that that was um, really uh, showing growth in their relationship and showing that they were ready to get married and him mm-hmm. making that compromise with her. But her also understanding and listening and respecting his views as well because she was almost ready to stay like they Mm -hmm. each were ready to make that compromise for the other and Jamie just went ahead and was like okay well I still have these traditional values so this is the way that I'm going to exert that I'm going to go ahead and get us the brownstone I'm going to go and I'm going to make all of these moves for us so that you can you can have this what you're aiming for and being the career woman that you are yeah yeah I get it I agree and hopefully you know because they've honored each other in that way that they're not going to make those decisions without recognizing, okay, so you give a little, I give a little, a little quid pro quo type of situation, but then also whatever there is a situation that they're not most happy with, that they don't build up a sense of like uh, resentment, resentment, 
and not doing what they wanted to do because I feel like mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people get caught up is like um yeah I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna stay here and you know he wants me to stay here I'm gonna give give up that job and then be resentful towards that person mm-hmm. which then later leads to certain behaviors and certain attitudes within the relationship which then leads to someone being unhappy, usually the person who felt like they sacrificed more than the other in the relationship. So I think it's that I think that was really important for both of them to do that. A little compromise. Yeah. See, they didn't even need us. <laughs> but you know, if other, you know, larger problems arise in the future, we can as clinicians, if they did come and see us, we can pull on the success that they've done in resolving this issue and how mm-hmm. we can use those um same skills, those same tools, those same strategies that they already are comfortable with and know how mm-hmm. to do in solving whatever issue it might be in the future. Yeah. But yeah. I, I see their prognosis as well. I see them, you know, yes. being happily ever after, mm-hmm. having been raising beautiful, talented, gorgeous children. Um. Yes. <laughs> I can see that. I definitely can. And also, one of the things, like one of the like skills that I would I would hone in on, especially with this couple, is humor. And mm-hmm. even with the family itself, like there's a lot of humor here where they're able to laugh at things. And Jamie comes in with some outlandish stuff to say or do and it was just kind of they would laugh it off like oh that's jamie you know um although some of them were a little interesting it still laughed it (laughs) off you know like that's jamie okay you know um so i would use humor as a part of that that treatment or that type of skill counseling skill definitely humor would be helpful for this for this client Definitely. And I think that they would make great parents um, when Jamie had that kleptomanic, uh, kleptomanic uh, <laughs> little oh, homie gosh. Nelson. <laughs> he oh, did man. a really good job with him. He was doing well, <laughs> except for extorting the children. But he was doing well coaching the basketball team besides yeah. taking their money. But maybe once, you know, finances aren't such a big issue in his life, he'll, he, he won't be holding up children for they nah, much money. I think he's still going to hold them up. Things are going to hold them up. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> if he got any if he learned anything from Uncle Junior, he learned how to hold people up for money. <laughs> <laughs> or replay. Yes. <laughs> um, and so one last diagnosis that I have, ma'am. Ooh, ooh. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Braxton. <gasps> Braxton? Okay, I did give him um compulsive personality. personality? Yeah. <laughs> Obsessive compulsive personality disorder. I completely agree. And on this show, it seems like everyone that dresses how (laughs) Braxton dresses has like it's it's a trope. Maybe it's it's another it's another trope that's written into shows. Is the obsessive compulsive personality disordered uh, character Mm -hmm. for Braxton? I felt like that represented uh, that represented it. It's okay. (laughs) That too. Yes, but we saw it. (laughs) Saw it. um, Yeah, we (laughs) seeped it in his identity with his sense of self being derived predominantly from his productivity Mm -hmm. and um, extreme constricted experience and expression of certain strong emotions. Um, He. (laughs) I was about to do it <laughs> when he <laughs> fell out. <It's> he- <laughs> he was so annoying. <laughs> he cried. <laughs> but even um, when 
uh, the everyone was working in the office and they started doing their own uh acoustic version of On Broadway, which is one mm. of my favorite little opening scenes from the show. Uh, Braxton ruined it. Dagnabbit! How can I possibly add with this cacophony of ballyhooing? Now I have to start over. Oh. He's, his self-direction was inhibited with his difficulty completing tasks and realizing goals associated with rigid and unre- unreasonably high inflexible internal standards of behavior. And so his standards were above any no one else's, which I guess did make him a good accountant, but it also took 10 times longer when stuff wouldn't work well with the computer Mm -hmm. his rigidity Mm -hmm. would not allow him to just do it on paper and Aunt Helen had to kind of take over because she was like there's other ways of doing this Braxton like I need you to come on like there's Mm -hmm. business to be done but his inflexibility did not allow him to see that way um (laughs) some of his uh difficulties with empathy as it related to specifically Jamie yes that's true yeah and then it also at all at all <laughs> and then um also we see it impacting his relationships where relationships are seen as secondary to work or productivity and there is rigidity and stubbornness negatively affecting relationships with others even mm-hmm. in his co-worker interactions and then his relationships intimately as well um mm. and him only having a, a <laughs> why the GPS girl, the white girlfriend, as yes. uh, his his date because she also graduated from the institution that he graduated yes. from, and so then she was worthy because you know that that status wasn't very important to him. Yeah, it made me think of I don't know, it's random, but it made me think of that that cliche jail episode when they oh. ended up in jail because he <laughs> bought that stolen car. <laughs> shoo shoo. <laughs> They're dumb. Um, but he always gets in these situations with Jamie. <laughs> and it's like they they were brothers. They were really like he and I think he said that one episode. He's like, You're mm-hmm. like my brother. Um and <laughs> you know, he just couldn't do anything without him. <laughs> It's just what their relationship is going to be. Like, I think he cared about him, but he just was also like, Jamie, whatever. You got yourself into this shit. You're going to figure it out. That's mm-hmm. thing. But um, Very much so. And like he would have sympathy. He can express sympathy. It's the empathy where he was lacking it, as yeah. it pertains specifically to Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> he sometimes had it for others. But like even with the when he was trying to negotiate for the raise for the employees and Gloria was <laughs> led the strike. He didn't have the empathy for the other workers that were, you work at this hotel too. You're an employee just like they are. Why are you not seeing their needs and meeting them? And then Francesca was able to come right in, see exactly what it was that needed to happen for the employees to feel satisfied and for them to get what they were worth. And she ended the strike immediately. But I think it was his lack of empathy in that area is what sustained that whole episode of them being on strike. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that rigidity. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. So he's on the same page for that one. Hi, Mike. Hey, mate. Good job, guys. (laughs) 
it's so I just I just love the show. I just love everything about it. I just love just when Jamie had the evil twin who was the bank robber. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take credit cards. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, there was some really good episodes. I love that they had just like any other sitcom during this time, you know, the random celebrities that would come in. Those are always fun. You have those. Anyway, I just love the celebrities on here. Like, you know, especially that the episode when they are playing against the, the other basketball team. Again, another cliche moment where. Uh, the actor feels like they're better than the athlete that's coming on the show, so now they have to play. Like, sorry, that's Gary Payton. That's the glove. I need you to stop. Right, cut it out. So, um, there's that. There are so many celebrities on here, uh, especially even uh, what's his name, Silas. What about Silas? His mama. What is her name? Oh, <laughs> how can I forget her? She always playing somebody hysterical mama, like just <laughs> doing the most. What is her name? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember her name, but I love I her. I can't think of it now just because we're supposed to be thinking about it. <laughs> right. Damn it, man. But she she's one of my favorite actresses and I, I enjoy seeing her on there. She does her thing every time. She's so obnoxious. I love it. Um, her name is Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis, how could I forget that? Jennifer Lewis, that's my girl. Love her. Who else was on there? Yeah, so many people. Um, so many. When uh, <laughs> Kevin Garnett came up there, and yes. <laughs> he thought she was messing with me. <laughs> he thought he was messing with Fancy. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, oh, he was very particular with Fancy. Remember when he told Ice Cube Fancy used to be a man? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole West Side connection. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, so was it intentional for it to be... Remember, uh, what's his name? Ooh, tell me when to go. E-40. E-40. E-40 was on there. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, I think they had a lot of people from, of course, the West Coast come in and guest star Definitely. on stuff. I mean, you can't be in L.A. or Hollywood and not have some of them come through, right? So. Yeah, but then they also had like with the um, for the love of Jesus with Ronald Isley and Mary J. Blige. <laughs> like they had lots of different. They had uh, Savion Glover. Um, and Dulé Hill come and tap dance. They had That's all true. different types of people. That is very true. So it's not just LA, but of course you have to have two LA people. Of course, of course, of course. But yes, definitely one of my favorite shows to watch again and to diagnose. This was fun. I like this one. This is fun. I love this show. Thank you, Jerry Fox. I Thank appreciate you. you. I love you. That's it. I'm back. <laughs> okay. If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. You can also purchase merch from our website. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace.
Okay, bye, Cinnabelle.